Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Pod Squad. I'm Rob. It's great to be with you as always. And we have got a great show lined up for you today. What have we got? Well, we've got technology enthusiast and UCAN's resident Apple fanboy, Jake Sawyers, talking about some of the apps and technology he uses as a VI guy to help with his day-to-day life. Stuff that he thinks is good, and stuff that makes his technology experience just that bit better. We've got Danielle and her diary, part two. And we've also got another poem from Kyle. But first, we're going to Jake, and he's going to tell us a bit more about his experience with technology. And I'm guessing by the description I was given, there's going to be a bit of Apple involved. Over to you, Jake. Hi everyone, Jake Sawyers here, recording for the You Can Pod Squad. Uh, this is my first appearance on the podcast, thank you for having me. And today I'm going to be talking to you about technology. So anyone who knows me knows that I love everything technology uh, within You Can. I'm sort of the go-to tech guy. I make films for You Can and things like that. Um, but before I get into that, here's just a little bit about me. I have been working with UCAN for about 14 years. I mean, that's that's a long time. That's the majority of my life. Um, I started off participating in the workshops and now recently in sort of the last five to six years, I've been running those workshops. So that's been a really nice full circle moment for me. So let's jump straight into it. Technology. Now, from a young age, Technology has always been very important to me as somebody with a visual impairment. Uh, I think it's important that we try and be as independent as possible. And I found the technology was one of the things that enabled me to be really independent. Um, as well as loving technology in general, I am biased. Uh, those of you who know me know that I am a big, big Apple fanboy. Uh, for me, Apple were the first sort of company who really made accessibility an important thing. Um, that was built into their technology. It wasn't something you had to pay extra for. It was just there for free and there for you to use it if you needed it. Um, And to sort of start off this section, I am going to read you a letter that I actually wrote to Apple back in 2008, um, talking about my experience with their products and things. Um, So on the letter, I've put a picture of myself and my dog at the top. I've put my school logo. I've put the Apple logo. um, I've put my address very neatly on the top right. And here it is. Get ready. It's a funny one. Right. Monday the 14th of July 2008. Dear Apple Inc., My name is Jake Sawyers, I am 13 years old and live in South Wales. The reason I am writing to you today is because I have a disability. I am visually impaired. The school I go to is Kevin Sison and it has a unit for other young people with a visual impairment. This year, one of my best Christmas presents was my iPod Touch. Classic. I love my iPod Touch, it has a crystal clear widescreen display and it is very easy to use. At the beginning of June, I watched the WWDC keynote presentation. WWDC stands for Worldwide Developer Conference, and it's something I always watch. You know, Apple, they do their their product reveals, and, you know, I tune into them like an absolute nerd. I was very excited about the new iPhone 3G and the 2.0 software update. Now, bear in mind, this year we're having the 14th software update, so I'm talking about the second one. I eagerly waited for this software update for my iPod Touch. When July 11th came, I bought the software update because, yes, you did have to buy software updates back then. 
I thought it was great. I really like the App Store, um, but all of the text on the new update is very small. For me, the small text is a struggle to read, and I cannot do simple things like find a song or browse through the App Store. As I am not a developer, I could not make an accessibility application with the SDK program. Hey, t to be fair, for like, what, how old was I in 2008? For like a 12, 13 year old, I think this letter sums it up quite well. So I would be very grateful if Apple could make an application that could make text larger. This would help me because I could use my iPod Touch confidently and independently. I was extremely grateful and impressed with the accessibility features on my MacBook. This is a feature that I could not live without on my Mac. True story, I'm using it right now to read this letter off my Mac screen. Also, my school was very impressed with this feature because at my school we use Windows. Boo. <laughs> we use Windows desktop computers and they do not come with an accessibility option, so the school had to pay for a program. True story. Um, thank you for your time. I would be very grateful... Um, and all my friends would be if this application could be made. P.S. Unfortunately, because of lack of pocket money, I am saving everything I have to save up for the iPhone 3G. I hope to get it about next year. Sincerely yours, Jake Sawyers. Uh, I love this letter. I've read it a few times since 2008 because it does actually show how far we've come with technology. Um, unfortunately, I never actually got a reply. So if anyone wants to send this um, podcast episode to Apple, I would be very, very appreciative. You know, we we have that software on iPhones now. We all use accessibility features. We all use Zoom, voiceover, large text, things like that. And, you know, 2008, it was over 10 years ago, but not really that long ago, really. Do you know what I mean? Things can, have come a long way. So let's jump into it. Here are my accessibility features. So I am going to be talking iPhone today. Um, I will try and update you on Android slash other software update things as I go along. So to get the accessibility features in your iPhone, you want to go to settings and they are on the main screen. On my phone right now, they're between display and brightness and wallpaper. They used to be in the general section, but now they've moved to their own their own thing, which I think is great. Now, the thing I use the most is the Zoom. I have that on. I'm not a voiceover user, um, but I know a lot of people who are. The way you get into Zoom is you tap your iPhone screen with three fingers twice and then it zooms in and you can pan around with those fingers. Another setting I've also got on is the magnifier. Now, the magnifier is quite a new feature on the iPhone. Um, and you can actually turn on somewhere that if you tap the button three times on your phone it will bring up the magnifier. Uh, the magnifier is a lot like the camera app. You slide your finger up to zoom in on things and to come back, you put your finger down. There's loads of settings you can change. You can have different color contrasts. You can have inverted colors. And I use this like all the time. I use it for menus when I'm out. I use it for things far away. Um, it's a bit easier than the camera app. Like I said, you can just tap those three, that button three times on the side and you've got it up already. Uh, large text is something I've got on. Um, I've got it on one of the biggest and my biggest tip on this one is you can add the text, uh, the font chooser to the control center thing. So I don't know if you know, but on the top right of your iPhone, if you slide down, it gives you all the settings, your Wi-Fi, your brightness, your volume, and you can actually add the ability to change your text size from there. Because as much as I love having large text on my phone, some apps can't deal with it and some apps muddle things up. So if that does happen, I just go into my control center, change the setting, back to normal, my font size back to normal, and then I'll use Zoom to be able to see that text. 
and then I can just change it back up then easily. So that's my little pro tip for you all there. I've also got on bold, I've got on reduced motion because the iPhone, there's a lot of things that like to move and if you turn that feature on, it makes the thing a bit of a clearer experience. And those are mine, those are the ones I use. Like I said, I don't use voiceover and there's also so many other ones that I don't use. So those are our accessibility options. Once we have them on, we can look at some cool apps that we can use. My newest app that I use quite a lot is actually the Asda Scan and Go. So there's been apps like this in the past. I don't know about you, but whenever I go shopping, I find it an absolute nightmare to find things. I find it really difficult. And the Asda Scan and Go app uh, helps you a bit on this. Don't get me wrong, it could be better, and I hope in the future they update it a bit. Uh, but you can type in a product on it, and it'll tell you what aisle it's on. It won't tell you what shelf or what part of the shelf it's on yet, but, you know, I feel like if you know the aisle, you've definitely got a better chance of finding what you need. And you can also scan the product on there, and then, you know, keep scanning as you go and then pay at the end so you don't have to collect all your shopping then scan it all again at the end. You can just do it as you go, which I think is really useful. Um, but if you didn't want to just scan and go, you could just use the app to find where things are. So that's my newest one on the list today. Next one is Google Maps. Now, Google Maps is a staple app I think everyone has. Um, when you're visually impaired, it's it's essential that you plan anywhere you go, and I think Google Maps is a great one for doing that. A feature I personally love is uh, the street view function. So if you drop a pin on wherever you want to go, you can press the button in the top, in the bottom left, and it will show you like a 360 image of what the street looks like and even some places you can go inside so say if I was going to a shop that I wasn't familiar with and they had that feature turned on I could actually virtually be inside the shop to look around to have a better idea of what it looks like there before I go. I just think that's really clever and I use it all the time. Another app I use is my mobile banking app. I am with Barclays. Uh, it's a great app. Uh, I think they're all quite good these days. They've come a long way, mobile banking, especially, uh, you know, now in the COVID-19 pandemic. I feel like a lot of people, not just visually impaired people, are relying on mobile banking as their number one way to you know communicate with their bank it used to be a sort of luxury secondary thing that people could bank on their phone but now it's the primary way a lot of people do it so I think the banks have put a lot of time and money into making those apps better uh, the Barclays one is great um, it reacts well to my large text um, I don't know how it is for voiceover um, if you could send in your thoughts what do you think about mobile banking apps or some of the other apps I've mentioned that would be great because as, as a Zoom user I don't know how they work with voiceover um, the next app is the Audible app. Now, we all know Audible audiobooks. Um, again, you know, audiobooks are one of those things that I think a lot of people take for granted. They, they see it as an alternative to reading. For us blind and visually impaired people, it's not an alternative all the time. It is the way we read. And, you know, having such a great library of audiobooks right there at your fingertips is great. Um, the app itself, it's okay. It could be better. Um, you can't actually purchase your audiobooks within the app, which I think is annoying. You've got to go onto your Amazon account, buy the book there, download it on the Audible thing. You know, why can't we just buy it in-app? I think I think that's a flaw. But once you do have your audiobook, it's quite easy to navigate. It's quite easy to jump back. It never really loses your place. And, you know, you can just sit there for hours and hours listening to 
the books I'm currently rereading all Harry Potters because what else are you going to do when you're locked in the house you know and now the last app I'm going to be talking about is a visually impaired specific one so I feel like all the ones I've mentioned so far are quite mainstream um they're not designed specifically for visually impaired people but that think that's also the great thing I love apps that aren't designed for us but that we can utilize in whatever way we want but this last one is called Seeing AI. So it's an app that was actually developed by Microsoft. So I take back my boo that I did earlier when I went when I mentioned Windows. And it is, well, it is what it says. It's a seeing AI. Now AI stands for artificial intelligence. So it has access to your camera. You can point it at documents. It'll read what's on the document. I think you can scan product barcodes. It'll tell you about products. Um, a feature that blew my mind was you can point it to people and it will actually describe the person. So when I was doing my tests before recording, I pointed it at my face and it said 20 year old boy smiling. Now I'm 25, 26 in November. So I was very happy with that result. If Microsoft AI thinks that I look five years younger than I am, fine by me. It can also recognize currency. Uh, this is a new feature actually. You can point it at like a scene. So if you're outside and you pointed at a tree and a bench, it would tell you you're looking at a well-lit tree and a bench. I think that's really clever. It can identify colors. So if you wanted to know what color something was. Uh, and another feature I think is really cool. I was playing with this one earlier. It can tell you how good the lighting is in a room. So I'm actually going to get it up for you right now. And it does it by using different frequency of beeps. Short text. God, that was loud. That scared me. Right, so this is light. Light. I'm currently facing that out the window where it's light. And I'm going to turn my phone to the dark. <laughs> Do -do -do. Sounds like a horror film. And I'm going to point it to something really dark. I'm going to put it under the table. And then back to the window. And now at my computer screen. How great is that? So clever. If you, do, if, you know, if you can't perceive light and you want to know how bright something is, seeing AI. So those are all my apps. Um, let's have a look. Asda Scan and Go is available on the App Store and Android. Um, Google Maps obviously is available everywhere. Your mobile bankings will be available everywhere. So will Audible. But I do believe seeing AI is only an Apple thing, which is strange, actually, because it's developed by Microsoft. But, you know, mysteries of the world. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this little section about technology. Please send in any questions to the pod squad. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Jake. That was absolutely fantastic. And by the way, I'm taking no credit for that pun because I don't want anything to do with it. That was Mr. Alex. Next up. We're going to catch up with Danielle and part two of her university diary. She's been pretty busy since the last time we spoke to her. Sneak preview, she's learning five languages. Tell us more, Danielle. Hello, everyone. This is another little episode of Danielle's diary. It's been quite a while since I made something like this for the podcast. Uh, and a lot's happened in that time. When I last spoke to everyone, I was about to kind of do the whole packing and moving to university thing. Um, and I was getting ready to go back to Birmingham in the midst of the pandemic. I was really anxious because for a long time, since March, I've been with family and in a low risk area. And now it's about to be in a big city alone in a student area with people I didn't know. And that was quite scary at the time. 
at the time I was basically um, there for about a week or two myself before anyone else moved in. A while later, two more people moved in and they were very nice, fairly sensible about the whole situation. So it was quite relief, quite a relief. And classes began and the universities were very good at keeping, um, like keeping track of people and doing the, um, doing things to make sure that people weren't mixing with other groups and were only in certain little groups of students and weren't going too close. So we were wearing masks all the time or if we were definitely way out of two metres range, you know, if we were two metres or more and not moving, then we could take masks off, which was okay. I mean, it was very daunting being in a room of people who you don't really know where they've been for the last six months and what they've done. And I think everyone probably felt the same. And in the end, it was very difficult making the decision, but I decided that being alone there and with the risks of students not being able to go home for Christmas and being not able to go home whenever they want to and having no close friends or family with me, I realised that as much as I love my degree and I really want to be a theatre practitioner and I really want to make a difference in the in the field one day and be involved with it, right now isn't a good time, not because of me, but because it was just in the world itself isn't that safe. Um, and once I got past that feeling of, um, you know, failure of thinking, hang on, I can't give in now, I want to do this degree, why would I not do this degree? And actually looked at how I felt and thought, okay, I'm actually really anxious, I'm really scared, I don't know how to deal with this on my own. Um, or I do, I can go to class, but if class doesn't happen, and lockdown happens, that's me housebound with a couple of strangers in my flat and a um, whole building of 600 people who, some of which having flat parties, which I saw from various group chats and uh, information things across the university, um, social media, which the staff weren't aware of. You know, um, the security staff weren't aware of it and people were doing it and I just thought, well... I don't feel safe, I don't have anyone to trust, I don't want to be in this situation, in this city, which I love this city, but right now maybe it's not the right place for me to be, to feel safe and my degree won't be as enriching because I'll be constantly afraid of COVID, constantly afraid of people and having to navigate all of this on my own. Um, and in the end, I decided to come back to Devon, which is a really hard choice because... Like I said, I, I adore my degree and I never even thought when I would move in there. When I moved back in September, I thought that that was going to be it. I was finally where I'd been hoping to be for the last six months. I was yearning to go back and I was back. So, you know, I didn't really expect to feel this horrible fear and um, anxiety carrying on and on every day. Um, but it was there. So I came home to Devon because that was the best option for me at the time. Um, staying with my parents' house, which, I mean, I'd rather have my own place and my own space, but I'm safe with family and that's what matters. And right now, Devon is not a high-risk area. My town is very small and as much as I miss my degree and wish I was able to do that, um, as much as I felt in a way that I failed, actually, I realised I hadn't failed because it's not me who can't do this it's covid making the situation 
difficult for everyone and maybe more difficult for me to handle alone at the, at the time. So I haven't just given up and had a year off and doing nothing. I have thought to myself, OK, if I'm going to come home, I have to do something. I have to do something with my life. I can't just sit here for a year just reading books, although I love doing that. You know, I have to actually do something with myself. And I have started taking language classes with private tutors. All the money I'm not spending on uni this year and food shopping and all the usual stuff, I'm spending on language lessons in five languages, which, okay, maybe is quite a few too many, but somehow I'm managing it so far and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm doing French, Italian, Spanish, Greek and Portuguese and so far I'm having a really good time keeping busy as much as I can and hopefully I'll update you more in the future about how that's going and how I'm navigating in a family home for the first time in a good few years but for now I'm just glad I'm very safe and keeping busy with languages and projects as you can and I hope everyone listening is safe and looking after themselves. Um, and one, mo- one message for everyone is to remember that sometimes you have to look after yourself mentally and physically. And as much as it's very hard to do that and let yourself go back to, you know, to, to start again or to take a break, it, it can be done. And sometimes it's what you need to do. So hope everyone's okay please look after yourselves and your friends and family and stay safe and hopefully see you again for another danielle's diary sometime soon thank you danielle and just to say we do expect you to be fluent in all five languages before christmas to finish the show we've got kyle with another poem an ode to freya by kyle j gibson Though I am still without a soulmate, I will never doubt thee, my muse, my queen, for I know it is not a thing to be rushed. If fast love is true, it remains to be seen, though in my loneliness I have oft taken less for company, and had many a vague fantasy end so suddenly. I know now, sweet Frere, past errors keep me no longer. My faith has not left me, with thy guidance I am stronger. I see thee perched amidst thine unearthly shrouds, searching over Midgard's many hapless crowds, to find one who will see past my bristly cover and become my twin soul, both friend and lover. And I await thy counsel, for I strive to be better for her and to grow and be wiser, despite what trials may occur. So as a man I may earn a love more than what this shy boy desires, and let our hearts be burning red, as deep a red as dragon's fire. That's all we've got time for in this episode, but please don't hesitate to get in touch in all the usual ways. Our email address is podsquad at ucanproductions.org. That's podsquad at youcanproductions.org. We at Podsquad HQ take Halloween very seriously. And just to warn you, at the end of this month, we intend to scare your socks off. You have been warned. <laughs>
See you next time.